0: I think that like stripping down the hierarchy and making everybody an equal is what is super successful in
1: trying to build that, you know, that trust. You are more than a lawyer. You are a powerhouse. Welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers. I'm your host, Erin Gerner, a former lawyer, wife, mom, entrepreneur, and coach. And I'm here to show you what's possible. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Powerhouse Lawyers. I am so excited that you guys are here. Thanks for tuning in this week. So I was on social media, shocker, shocker, the other day, and um, I was scrolling through, and my coach posed this really great question to her community. It's really simple, but it just got me thinking, and actually segues really well into the amazing guests we're going to have today. But she asked, like, what what do you want people to remember you for? What do you want people to remember you for? And I immediately, my immediate response is how I make people feel. That is how, that's what I want people to remember about me, is how I made them feel. Special, loved, seen, valued, all of those things. Like that is just so important to me. And I think that when I look at um, my legal career, I did not feel any of those things. I never felt seen. I never felt heard. I never felt validated. I felt expendable and taken advantage of and all those kind of things. And it's something that drives me crazy (laughs) in the legal profession because, unfortunately, we are all sent to law school. And they teach us how to be lawyers, but they don't teach you how to then like manage people and run a business. And those are two separate things. Being a lawyer and being a great manager and a great manager of people and a business owner are two totally different things. And the key to being a good leader is honestly like bringing out success in others. And you can't do that if you don't know who's working for you and i think that there it just drives me crazy in the legal profession that is why associates walk away why big firm you know big law firms can't keep associates while there's no loyalty while people why people walk away from the law to be you know after a couple of years it's just to me this is such a simple thing to start actually just listening, seeing, and acknowledging your people and letting them, getting out of your own way and letting them actually do their job and stop stop micromanaging these people and give them the freedom and the creativity to actually go and practice law. Um, and I'm so excited to have my guest on today because she does that so beautifully in her law firm. She has really taken the idea of core values and incorporating them into her firm. No one has a title. There's not like associates or paralegals or any of that kind of stuff. Everyone is on the same page. She gives this great analogy of a pit crew. Like you can't have a successful race car driver or race if you don't have a good pit crew and you see, and you love, and you value the race car and the race car driver as much as you value the pit crew. It's one, it's one and the same. So I just, I'm excited for you guys to listen to her, but that has been my pet peeve this week is I heard that question and I was like, that is what so many lawyers are missing is this element of just not being able to put ego aside and actually see and validate people and make them feel special. When I think of when I am not here anymore, I want people to remember how I made them feel. Not how much money they could make or what I could do for them or what I, you know, bought them or like any of that stuff, how I made them feel. So that's my question for you this week. How are you treating the people in your life? How are you making the people around you feel? And I don't know, maybe there needs to be some more intentionality behind that, but um, I hope you enjoy our next guest. She's really awesome. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Powerhouse Lawyers. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Heather Olson, and she is such a good friend of mine. She's actually at my latest retreat, and I met her and immediately fell in love with her, and I know that you guys are going to get so much value from all of her brilliance today. So Heather has been practicing law for about 14 years. She was actually a paralegal before she went to law school, so she actually knew what she was getting herself into, (laughs) unlike some of us who just were flying blind. But she opened up her own firm in 2010 and has been able to build that successfully through her unwavering dedication and commitment to her clients. And she has transformed her small practice into this thriving practice outside of the Twin Cities in Minnesota. But what really sets her apart and what I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her today is her commitment to strong core values and these principles not only serve and guide her law firm and her clients, but it also helps nurture incredible talent in the legal industry. And her dedication and leadership have made Olson Law Firm a standout presence in the local legal community. And one of her greatest strengths is her ability to work effectively with people, including employees. And she holds a deep appreciation for her staff's values. Her leadership style stands out for its uniqueness. Um, because it nurtures people to bring out their exceptional skill sets. And other than being a fabulous lawyer, Heather loves to spend time in nature with her husband or her two kids. So she is just an overall powerhouse of Minnesotan, who I'm so excited to have on the show. So Heather, welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers. Thanks, Erin. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So that was kind of a bird's eye view of Heather, but I would love to know more about I know I mentioned earlier in your bio that you were a paralegal before you went to law school, but I would love to hear more about your journey, why you went to law school um, and then how you have ended up kind of coming full circle, owning your own practice, because it seems like you went out on your own pretty soon after graduating from law school. So I would love to just hear a little bit more about your journey. Sure. Um, so I, w- I
0: graduated from undergrad in Montana. And so when I was living in Montana, um, I had just gotten a job right out of out of college at a law firm and I was a receptionist there for you know a few actually like a few months and then they gave me an office and that was like the coolest thing ever I had my name on the door and I was so happy like oh I got an office (laughs) (laughs) so um then I started um just being a paralegal for um, a criminal defense and personal injury firm um and This is, this is actually kind of a fun story and sad story at the same time, but I had this client there, um, at that firm that I got really close to, um, her son had been killed in a, in a car accident and it was a, a dram shop case, which, I mean, those are kind of hard to come by anyways, you don't see them very often, but her son had been killed and we were going after the bar that had over him and things like that. And so, um, I got really close with her and I worked really, really hard on that case. Um, I ended up leaving before it settled, but it ended up getting like a $3 million verdict on it. So it was extremely cool to work in that, um, with that, that family. Um, and then, Um, I moved to Minnesota because uh, my now husband, was boyfriend at that time, lived in Minnesota, and so we decided we wanted to move back here, and um, when I got back here, I just could not stop thinking about going to law school, and so I worked at a big firm for about a year as a legal assistant, and then um, went to, got um, accepted to law school. But circling back to why I wanted to go to law school, that client that was so inspiring to me actually wrote my letter of recommendation for law school. And Heather, stop it. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. So, and then um, I went to law school and I found out that I was pregnant with my second child two days before I took the bar exam. So, <laughs> That's crazy. And so then I came out after I, um, you know, after I passed the bar and I was very pregnant. And then I also had an infant. And so it was kind of like a time where I really needed to kind of take a little break. Um, And I graduated in 2009 and it was an extremely saturated legal market. And I wasn't finding a job anywhere to save my life. And I had done some clerking and internships with um the local county attorney's office and public defender's office and I got a ton of encouragement from the people that I was working with to just hang my shingle they're like just hang a shingle and I remember I I did it and I didn't know anything about what I was doing (laughs) and I had no idea I don't think I made any money for two years you know Um, so, um, but one of the things that actually really shocked me and is probably a good segue to the rest of our conversation is that I was absolutely terrified when I started my own firm that I had never in my entire life taken a business class, a marketing class. I'd never taken any classes like that to learn how to run a business. And shockingly, that's my favorite part about what I do. I love running the practice. I love being an entrepreneur. I love being a business owner. And ultimately, I have a goal to, you know, get out of actually practicing and just run the firm or run a consulting firm or do some other things to help other lawyers learn how to run their practices and run them well and to build a great culture.
1: Absolutely. So, talk to me about this starting this like this is this is great and this is so amazing to me and I'm so glad that you were like I literally had no idea what I was doing and I made no money for the first 2 years like that is like the realest answer right but what is the mentality that it took to keep going in those 2 years and I'd also like to know, like, why did you so that was the part you were most scared about? What was, was that the part you and obviously that was the part you ended up learning the most about, but how and why did you fall in love with that part? Like what did it end up meaning to your business?
0: Um, so I'm trying like the first year, like I actually I feel like the first couple of months, I still have a folder on my computer with all of these letters in it. I went to, I wrote letters to like every small business insurance agent, chiropractor, anybody in in my area. I wrote a letter that says, I'm new in town. I'm a new lawyer. I'd like to start networking with you. And so then I just started, I sent out the letters and then I started calling all these people. And I don't know how I did it because I, again, like I said, I hadn't made no money. I had no money. <laughs> like, I don't know how I afforded going to all these lunches and coffees, but I did. <laughs> so that's
1: what I did. And you make it work. You're like, I'm making it work. This is it. This is it. I'm making it work. Yeah. And,
0: <laughs> um, I built a website. It wasn't great but I started to get some traction. Um, and then I think that like when I really started to realize that like running the practice was really great was like when I first got my first employee. Um, because then I knew I had to put systems in place and I knew I had to do certain things like that. And honestly, like building my, business and my brand a lot has to do with the people that have worked for me over the years and the people that continue to work for me and are part of my team. I just love the aspect of being able to use every, use all the other minds that are with me to help and foster that. And so one of the things I try to do with the folks that work for me is I let them be as creative as they want to be. I let them like we always do brainstorming and talk about like what can we do differently? What can we, you know, what's a new idea. And if if we get good feedback and I an idea, I don't care who it comes from. We run with it. We work with it. And we have built like a really unique team in that way. I think one of the first times I talked to you, I said something about my. My pit crew and the racing team—like you can't have a good racing team if you don't have a good pit crew—and I don't treat my pit crew any different than my racing team. Everybody's equal in my eyes at the firm, and um, it's just been incredible to see like how how people are actually like seeking out to work with us now. I just had I just hired somebody. She's going to come on after the first of the year. Um, but I, I wasn't advertising. She said, she came to me and said, you know, I want to work for you and brought all of these great things to the, the table. So
1: that is, that's incredible. That's really amazing. And I think that that is like the key to be pointed out is that so many lawyers miss that piece, right? That is why people walk away from the law. That is why people do not feel seen. That is why people feel, you know, expendable in this profession is because it's like a one man show all the time. And what is so unique about you and what you just pointed out, and I think is gold, is that you want to use everybody's superpowers because that is what actually elevates all of the ships. Like you cannot do it alone. To get people on your team, to build loyalty, to build commitment, to get everybody seen and working towards the same vision means allowing people to work in their zone of genius, to give them the freedom to then do the things that they do well. Because then what happens is they are much more open to constructive criticism, to be able to learn and grow in the areas which they are not as strong. And that, to me, is what builds an exceptional team, is when everybody is working in their zone of genius, they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel validated and recognized and important, and then everybody wants to win. That is exactly why people want to work for you, right? Because they want to go somewhere where they know that they're going to be valued and they're going to have the freedom to go out there and win and not be micromanaged by somebody who has an ego, right? Like it's putting the ego aside and letting the people win.
0: Yeah, I I despise micromanagement. It's just not, it's not in my wheelhouse. I hate being micromanaged. I don't want to micromanage and you know, just being able to like let people just kind of go with things. Like we we have incredible systems in place right now because of the talent that I have at my firm. I didn't I don't even take credit for half of it ever. Like I'm like that wasn't my idea but it works. You know, and we love it, you know. So one of my the best compliments I think I've ever gotten is from my paralegal when she said, "I am going to retire with you." That is like the coolest and most amazing compliment that I could have ever had because it does show the commitment and the loyalty. And there's other things though too, like I was just talking um, to somebody yesterday who had left a job um, because they said that their boss was a tyrant and they were, you know, like they never, ever did anything nice for their employees. They didn't even have a holiday party. They don't, they didn't do anything good for them. And it just felt like she wasn't seen. And I shared with her that that I was going on this podcast to talk exactly about that. And um, so there's much more to it than, you know, to keep good talent than, you know, just having a good work environment. Your core values are extremely important. They're so important to me. And I'll
1: share with you our core values. I have three of them. If you Yeah, that was actually, that's so funny. You read my mind, friend. I was going to ask you, I was like, please talk to me more about core values because that is um, something that you lean into heavily in your law practice. And so I'd love for you to A, share your core values and why they are important. Well, let me go back just in
0: one step and tell you how we got there. So I, I try to put together a retreat for our, for our firm at least every 18 months or so. Um, they are something that our firm really looks forward to, and we really like we have a lot of fun, but we and we really connect so and we go to fun places. Like, so our core values were established on our first retreat that we took to Lake Tahoe. Um, so we all went to Lake Tahoe, we had a really great time, all of that, but we sat in a conference room and we had sticky notes. And we wrote down like all the things that we want our clients to say about us. Like, what do you, what do you, the good things you want our clients to say about us? And we just had all of these sticky notes all over the table. And then we kind of like came together and we're like, what are these, the best ones here? And what we came up with were our three core values that we have today and that I, I that we adhere to a hundred percent um and that is flexibility with accountability and that these go across the board with like with the people that work at the firm but also our clients okay so flexibility and accountability uh, flexibility with accountability um teamwork and no judgment and the flexibility with the accountability means like We can be as flexible as you want to be if you get your shit done, period. Like if I tell a client I need to get this thing done, then I can give them, you know, and they give me the things, then we can be more flexible with the way that we run the case, right? Same way with with our employees. So, like, I don't, we have unlimited PTO. Anybody can take off as much time as they want to as long as they get their stuff done. Um, and accountability also to our firm's calendar. So, like it, it sounds all glamorous to have like unlimited PTO, but basically we do calendar planning. Where I say you had spring break last year, somebody else gets spring break this year, you know. And so we're accountable to each other in that way. Um, and then teamwork is always like it's just I mean it's self explanatory, right? But it is also an incredible selling point to clients. They love that they're getting a team. They love that they have more than one touch point. Um, they have more than one person that can they can check in with, um, and they also like the different hourly rates that we bill at. So you know you can you, based on you know I mean in in reality, and then the no judgment one is a little bit um, different, but. The reason I think it's so important is um, I developed the no judgment thing early on, even when I was by myself in that I feel like that's the best way to gain a client's trust is to say like, this is a safe space. This is completely safe here. You are a like, I know that if you're here, I practice primarily family law and criminal defense if you're in my office, you're not on your best day. Right. <laughs> and so the, there are good, bad, and ugly things that are happening in this, you know, my client's life and I need them to be able to feel safe and that there would never be any judgment from me. Cause that's not my place. You know, my place is to be an advocate. Um, but also within our team, like, we want to be building each other up all the time, and you know, being each other's like cheerleaders. So, you know, if somebody's going through a rough time or they've got something going on in their lives, like we don't, we don't want to be judging them. We want to be building them up, and so the no judgment is really critical um, to our core values. I just think it's super important. I mean, I think that these core values are great. They're mine you know there are firms um but if we find that somebody on our team and doesn't isn't adhering to that then they just they're not the right fit anymore you know
1: and that's okay and that was going to be my next question so all of that sounds amazing like core values and everyone is kumbaya on a retreat and like all that kind of stuff but it's not all roses all the time right like there's obviously conflict there's obviously like people who you know we make mistakes we've got to pivot and do all of these kinds of stuff. So I'd love to know how you handle that within your firm too.
0: So I try very, um, I try to be very proactive. I, I, I've learned a lot over the years. I If you let something fester, it's just going to harbor resentment. And so usually if something is bothering me or it's bothering a m- member of my team, I just usually try to cut the head off the snake and go address it right now. And just, you know, hey, this problem has come up. We need to figure out a solution. Let's talk about it right now. And um, I think that that's a little bit, um, people aren't really that used to that, especially in the Midwest where everybody's super passive aggressive. (laughs) To be honest, like (laughs) so, being just being direct about it, address it right away. But on top of that, we have systems in place to try to mitigate any of that by having um, weekly staff meetings that have a really regimented agenda that we address like certain things every single week with everybody on the team. And then I also um, try to do one on ones with each of my employees. Um, We have them on a different schedule. Some of them need them more frequently, some of them need them less frequently, but I have one on ones scheduled with every single person on the team. And then that is like their, their time to talk to me about anything they wanna talk to me about. So you can talk about case stuff, you can say, hey, I wanna do, I need to go through this template. You can tell me about what happened in your weekend. You can talk about Halloween that just happened. We can talk about anything that you want to talk about. It's just a good time to connect. And it is a place where I hear the grievances and then I address them. And I don't think that that would like with it makes it just so like you don't have to approach it and be like, oh, I got this problem that's happening. And it's like intimidating to approach it. Right. We have the one-on-one sort of built in there so that there's that safe space to talk about whatever it is that um, they, anybody wants to talk about.
1: Yeah, it sounds like systems and processes are a really key part of this um, for people who are listening. Like, So everyone knows what they're doing, right? I, I read was reading um, Shoe Dog the other day um, and I just finished it up. One of the great quotes in there by Philip Knight was you don't tell people What to do, you tell them how to do it, and then you let them go and do their thing, right? Like you have systems and processes in place, you don't micromanage them, you've told them how, and now you let them go and do it in their zone of genius, their way with their creativity, with their gifts, and their skill sets. And another thing that
0: I didn't mention is the annual review process that I do everyone in the firm knows that when annual reviews come around like don't bother me for a week because i have everybody fill out a very comprehensive um form and they can fill out tell me like anything that they want to do but there's rating systems and things like that like how i mean like breaking it down to the little you know the littlest pieces like it's got like on a scale from one to 10 has somebody given you feedback on your work in the last six months um do you feel like management is approachable you know things like that and so put all of that together and then I spend an incredible amount of time preparing for each and every one of those reviews and everybody I think people like get kind of jacked about their reviews they're excited to do them and I I have remote employees, so then I fly them in for the reviews. And then we usually do like some really fun, you know, outing or something like that as
1: well. I just love this environment that you have created, this space that you have created for lawyers. I just, I wish that we could duplicate that more and more and more and more. How do we start to duplicate that more and more? What are advice for people who are listening to this? Like, what are some ways that? Law firm managers, that firm owners or whoever, if they're listening into this podcast, what are some simple ways that they can start really like getting intentional and focused on how to, you know, better manage their people, better see their people, better recognize them, that kind of stuff?
0: I think what you like, the biggest key for me is to strip away a hierarchy. So I don't call any of my attorneys associates their attorneys. Um, you know, I think that as silly as it might sound like job titles are really important to people. And if they have a job title that makes them feel important and feel really, and, and honestly, I think I mentioned this to you at the retreat, like you, the, the person who answers your phone should not be a receptionist. A receptionist is somebody that just routes calls, right? The person who answers your phone should be the highest level executive person in your firm because they should know everything that they need to know and be extremely versed in intake. And so I think that like stripping down the hierarchy and making everybody an equal is what is super successful in trying to build that, you know, that trust and, and stuff like that. Cause I don't, think that anybody should feel like they're a receptionist. I'm just the receptionist, right? Like, no, you have a lot more to, to offer that on that. And then, um, you know, just like paying attention to the, like the person that they are. Um, so some of the things that I do are like, I, I kind of lose sleep sometimes over what I'm getting people for their birthday. Like, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) I pay attention like all year round, like somebody just started getting into golf. So maybe we're going to do something for their birthday that has to do with that or whatever. Um, One of the CLEs that I do is all about sort of like keeping the balls in the air, you know, making sure you don't drop any of them. And one of the things that I talk about in that CLE for clients is to sort of always be the, the dental hygienist or always be like your, um, your beautician because those two people know everything about you, right? Yes, they do. do. Yes, they do. They all like, so always just like being present and like listening to personal things. So like, I get people nice gifts for their birthday. Like I think they all look forward to that. They're nice gifts and they're thoughtful. Um, we do a Christmas party every year that um, has evolved from going out to dinner to an entire weekend that we do. And I have stockings with everybody's names on them and I fill their stockings and we just, just paying attention to the little things and you know, our retreats and, you know, one, um, we had, we had a goal, um, one quarter. And I said, if we hit this goal, we're having a big party, we're having a big, huge party. Everybody worked their butts off to get that to that goal. We had this roaring 20s party. We all dressed up. I like I got a a trolley to drive us around. We went to a murder mystery like we had I had one of my friends like take the like a big suite at a hotel and turn it into a speakeasy like we do fun stuff, you know, and I think they all
1: really appreciate that kind
0: of special touches, you know.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also important to note, like it doesn't even have to be a party or a gift. It can simply be telling someone they are doing a good job. 100%. Literally telling someone they are doing a good job, smiling at them. Like there are such small things that I think we get so we just forget about those things when we're so busy and we're running our business and we're the you know head honcho in charge and we've got all these hats to wear. It's easy sometimes to forget about the people around you, but you cannot do that because they're the most important people. And it doesn't have to be a huge expense. Like you don't need to be listening to this being like, Oh my gosh, now I've got to have a great Gatsby party. No, <laughs> you just need to start, seeing people and recognizing them and just telling them they're doing a good job. That is free and easy. Yeah. And I think that,
0: you know, those, I I don't want to come off as like, you have to throw these big parties or whatever. No, those are.
1: No, not at all. The point, no, not at all. The point I was just trying to make is that it's just, it's, you can start small, right? Like even if you're just now starting out and you have a really small budget and you're thinking about how you can start to transform your practice and start to change the dynamic within the culture, you can just start really, really small and simple and easy and free and just listen, talk to people like that. Those are easy and free things to do. And oftentimes I feel like lawyers are sometimes just blind to that. Right. And so
0: Circling back to like the fun things that we do, those are earned, right? Like those things are earned throughout the year, and and I mean I am extremely diligent about making sure that I'm looking at KPIs for each performer, and so like they know if they're performing the way that they're supposed to, that they're going to be rewarded in a great way, whether that be more in their salary or different benefits or a fun party or whatever but like these people work really hard for the firm because they know that they're earning stuff like that and they know that it's something that they probably couldn't get anywhere else you know um but again starting small like if you're having a meeting go pick up some coffees like just go pick up some coffees bring in some bagels it's no big deal Like that, that's an easy thing. And it's not, that's not expensive, you know? So just to be like, and pay attention, right? You know, that so-and-so likes this kind of coffee. So you don't even have to ask for their order because you already know that because you paid attention. Um, So those are just, and then another thing that I think is super important is to just always have your door open, whether that means, actually having your door open, or like, if you're working remotely, you know, like, just be accessible. I don't think that I've ever seen my phone ring. And it's one of the people that work for me. And I've said, I'm not going to pick that up. I don't think I've ever done that. If somebody's calling me, I'm picking it up. They want to talk to me about something important. And so just always have your door open, always be accessible. I think that's really important as well. Also like fostering the relationships between everybody else too, right? Like I want everybody else to be able to be like, I'm calling up so-and-so because I want their opinion on it versus, you know, I always used to say that I hate being called the boss. (laughs) Like, I just like, I don't like that title. I don't want to be the boss, but sometimes you have to be, but still like, I don't want people to think of me as the boss, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think, well, and even though your title is quote unquote boss, you can be the boss, but have the respect and love of the people who you are that, you know, that are on your team. I think that that is the essence of a true leader is how they make people feel right. Like I, that to me is how they are able to make people feel and how they're able to shine light on other people's gifts that is to me the elements of a true leader i mean and you're doing that so so beautifully um so i'd love to know what are some of the fun ways where you like if so okay so say this new person is coming on what are some going to be like some fun ways that y'all get to know each other
0: um well for this is something that i always do i try to take a new employee out to lunch like the first week that they're there like get everybody and say hey, everybody needs to come in the office. We're going to go to lunch. Um, And, um, you know, sort of getting to know each other. This one, this new employee is a little bit different um, because I've got like a ramp up period because she's not starting until January. So we're going to do a few things until then to get to know her a little bit more. But I think, you know, in terms of like getting to know people, I think it's just a matter of like just being accessible again too. Um, but in terms of like fun things that we do like if we're having our weekly office meeting and the new person is there I might ask everybody to come into the office on that day and we might order in sushi or something you know do do something fun like that and um, in our weekly meetings we also have sort of like one of our first agenda items is sort of the icebreaker or the accolades we try to say like good job on this order that came through or who got, you know, like we just try to like give each other like shout outs, you know? And so I think that that's another good way for, for a new person to get to know us and what we're about. But I also at the interview process, like preaching core values at the interview. I talk about it at the interview and I like, you know, so they know from the get go and like it's all hire slow, fire, fast. Right. By the time I get somebody hired on, I think they have a pretty good flavor of what they're getting into because um, I don't hire fast. It takes me a long time to hire somebody. And it's usually three, maybe four meetings before I make an offer.
1: Well, I can imagine. I mean, that's the thing. You really, and I think sometimes it takes that long to really kind of get to know each other and like get a feel if that's going to be a good fit, right? So, you're bringing on a new attorney. What is the vision for Olson Law for the next three to five years? Where are you, where are you guys going?
0: Um, well, for me, what I would, my goal is that I'd like to get the firm to be running like a well-oiled machine without me. I don't want to practice law anymore. I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I just, and I, don't get me wrong. I love the law. I love the, the work I do. I love the people I work with, but I'm just, I, my brain is always thinking I would want to be I'm I'm just got a very entrepreneurial type brain. And so um, I want to get the firm to be running in a well, a well-oiled machine, and then I want to start talking to lawyers about doing what I do or how I did it or got to the point where I'm at. Want to get you know help small firms um, plan retreats and set their goals and get their core values down and like so. I want to. I want to start. Um, you know. But, you know, consulting in some way to help other small firms be successful, because I do think that sometimes you have as a lawyer, you you have a lawyer brain. Right. And I think a lot of people who are lawyers are just lawyers. Right. And they are not super great at the business aspect of it. And I think that there's a struggle there. Um, But it's not that hard to learn as long as like you have, you know, good systems and things in place. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm hoping that uh, we can make that happen. I have had an incredible amount of momentum since going to your, your retreat. I have been holding myself accountable by putting certain things on my calendar each and every week to try to like keep. Things going and not letting the business portion of it be less important than practicing. Um, That has happened to me in the past, where I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to let this marketing thing go because I have this great idea, but I'm not going to execute it because I have 50 files." You know, Um, I've been holding myself accountable to making sure that I'm doing all of those things. I'm actually meeting um, with one of one of the other powerhouses in a few weeks meeting with their small firm to see what we can give each other. Um, and so we're excited about that, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm excited about what the future holds. I'm, I think that, uh, it's finally at a, at a great point in my career where I can transition a little bit more into a role of, you know, being more of a mentor and a teacher to, Anyone who wants to learn from
1: me. And I think that's what, that's so important and valuable. There's so many, not only just women, but lawyers, like not only women lawyers, obviously, but m- male lawyers that need to hear what you have to say, right? That are struggling because we get so, um, we do, we have our lawyer hat on and we don't know how to run a business. But like you said, it's not, it's not hard. We've just been thinking one way for so long. You just need someone to kind of, take you over to the other side and just show you that. And I'm so, what the other thing is that I absolutely am obsessed about is that just goes to show the power of community and connection to keep doing that. That is asking questions, putting yourselves in rooms with people who are doing the same things as you, who are, you know, moving up and leveling up their life, their business, their law firm or whatever, going to a retreat, making plans with one of the other women to then partner together to grow and scale. Like That is how you actually start to build a life that feels good to you, right? That's exactly what you've done. You've laid the foundation of this great, beautiful firm, and now you're putting in the work, investing in yourself and investing in your law firm to be able to take it to the point where you are going to the next phase of your life and i just think that that is something that all of the listeners can take away from and just know that it's about a never giving up, right? Always being willing to pivot, always being willing to learn, asking a lot of questions, loving the people on your team, elevating them and keep investing in yourself to keep growing so you can keep going higher and higher and getting to where you want to go. I mean, i am just so freaking excited about the future for what you've got on your plate. I cannot even stand it. Oh my god. We're going to be at the next retreat and I'm going to be like, "What is happening? What is happening?" Okay, Heather, before I let you go, I actually did not warn you about this and I it's funny because sometimes I forget to tell the guests which makes the story even funnier. So, I've had it I've added a new segment to the end of my podcast called Legally Blonde Moments because frankly, we just do not laugh at ourselves enough, especially as high-achieving women. We tend to scold ourselves about that kind of stuff and make ourselves feel like an idiot instead of just freaking laughing so like for instance I've told the story like I fell out of my chair on the first day of contracts like I ran into my mailbox a couple weeks ago while I was driving in the dark I mean just you know random shit that you do that we really just need to laugh at ourselves like one of the other guests it was so funny she's LinkedIn famous she had her skirt like all up in her back and someone in the elevator was like oh hey you girl the girl from LinkedIn like I mean Just funny stuff. So I would love on the spot here, if you would share a fun Legally Blonde moment with me. Oh, geez.
0: You did put me on the spot. I'm trying to think (laughs) of one. There's probably too many to choose from.
1: (laughs) I feel the same way.
0: Um, Well, (laughs) I mean, this is the only one that really like, you know, that I can think of and it's not that great, but it's still kind of like Funny. Well, I have one legally blocked one, and then I have another one that it's even has nothing to do with the law. You'll love the, that one. But the the first one is that I our office used to be away from the, or, or across the street from the courthouse, and I was just like, I was late for court, had all of my stuff in my hands, and there was and there was like a super busy day. There was like tons of people out. And I'm just running to court because I'm late. And I just biffed it.
1: Just. <laughs> <laughs> Files and everything. Oh, I, I like actually cracked
0: the screen on my computer. Like- <laughs> 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 and I scraped up my knees and I was like, and I just picked up my stuff
1: and just went. keep going you're like judge i'm here i'm on time i'm here i promise i like look i'm a little sideways my hair is a little bit i've got blood running down my leg but i'm here and i'm good I'm here. <laughs> and so then the second
0: one is a very similar but even funnier situation is that i was this has been like four or five years ago but i <laughs> I, am, I had an unfortunate treadmill accident and I'm really <laughs> not very like I don't get on treadmills anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> I was at the gym and I was running on the treadmill at a pretty decent clip and I put it on pause because I was like I gotta go to the bathroom. So I put it on pause run to the bathroom and it went off of pause while I was in the bathroom and I had my my headphones in and i just got on it like i was gonna walk on it and he just threw me the, room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the visual on that is like more than I actually i can even handle like i'm really glad that you're okay but like the visual on that is just because no, i know you like, i like that Ruby it makes me want to be my pants. <laughs> 100% that is so- epic. Yeah. I would definitely, treadmills are probably not where I would go. We need to pull the security footage of that though. Cause that's really good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So where can people find you if they would love to either work with you, contact you, maybe. Have coffee with you, whatever. Where can they find Heather? Sure.
0: Um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, Heather Olson on LinkedIn, and my website is Olson Law LLC. I'm in Buffalo, Minnesota. Um, and you can honestly email me anytime, Heather at Olson Law LLC.com. Pretty easy. So, yeah, I would love to have anybody reach out if they have any questions or want to work with me or find me, I can just give any
1: little tidbits. I'm happy to do it. So absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your story and all of these golden nuggets, um, about how we can all show up better and do better for the team that works, um, with us, not for us, but with us. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your brilliance and I appreciate you so much, sweet friend. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening into the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcasts. If you loved this episode, I would be so honored if you left a review. And because I know you are the type of woman who wants to see other women win, be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. By sharing it, you are empowering a fellow sister in the law to know that she is not alone there is nothing wrong with her and that she can build a life and career that she loves. Thank you. See you next week.